Future trading involves risk and is not suitable for all investors. Content provided in this segment is meant for educational purposes and is not a solicitation to buy or sell commodities. Welcome to the EverEgg Podcast. Today is June 7th, uh, 2021, and today we've got Kristen Steen, and I'm Lori Nelson, and we're going to talk about the markets. Uh, Kristen, so this month, the month of June is a very, uh, do I say exciting month as we look at Thursday, we're going to get a look at the USDA supply demand report. And then the end of the month on June 30th, um, we've got the USDA prospective planting numbers that will be presented to us from the USDA. So Kristen, what are your thoughts this week as we this morning overnights were up um, to some back coming back into close to the levels we had seen close to the highs? Not quite. But what are your thoughts? What do you think there? Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, you use the good word of exciting for the month of June as it typically is in the grain markets. Uh, you know, this year could be uh, another one deemed as interesting. Cray cray. I mean, you fill in the blank, whatever word you want to use, but we're definitely in those type of markets right now. And we're experiencing it all over again this uh, this week as we opened it up as well. I mean, you... <laughs> You talked about the overnights, right? And we gapped higher in a pretty big way on Sunday night. When Sunday, oftentimes when you see weather markets, we can see those Sunday nights just be explosive. When when certain weather forecasts come out or weather rain events did or did not happen, and essentially that's what we saw this this last weekend. Uh, there is there's huge concerns around around the drought, right? Or around the western half of the Corn Belt being dry, concerns around that continuing to inch its way towards the eastern half of the Corn Belt as well. And so essentially what we're seeing happen here was, or the violent moves that we're seeing happen was all around that weekend weather update, right? There weren't any big uh, rains that, that came through, but more importantly, it's off of the forecast of what everybody thinks it's going is going to happen. So Sunday, an afternoon model came out um, that's basically predicting half or of normal or maybe even a little less of that rainfall come across the Midwest over the next 15 days. And and really, it's just a matter the the market's playing isn't based off of the current dry weather that we're in, but the fear of whether or not that rain will truly actually come in into the into the U or into the Midwest here. So that's what all eyes are going to be on when it comes to that is just that weather story in and, sure. in and out in and out. So yeah, so a little bit of <clears throat> lack of moisture coming in the forecast and you know hearing some pretty big uh, or should I say some hot weather, some heat really coming through Dakotas and in Iowa, that's bringing us into the 90s, and it's only June. So yeah, definitely a story seems to be building there. We are we are uh, in, in the summer months, right? The hot and humid is definitely here, and all it takes is a step outside of the air conditioning, air conditioned cab or house or whatever you're sitting in to really feel that, that wave. What's uh, I'm in Iowa, so we always call that God's country, but I'm convinced of that even more as I hear the North Dakota story of, of frost last weekend and then 105 degree temperatures this week, this past weekend. So 
uh, definitely thankful for where we're at, but by all means, it's not just us that needs the rain as well. So we need to see those consistent rains come across or else we could continue to see more and more explosive uh, markets ahead of us as well. But on the flip side, that could also, also come as a risk to us as well. If we see any sort of substantial rainfall come across, especially the dry areas that we're in right now, I mean, look out because we saw it even just a couple of weeks ago, the big break that we had because we had really decent weather that came in and sure. it's starting to change. And so it's just a matter of, you know, what type of weather pattern will we truly find ourselves in, uh, in going into the next couple of weeks where the crop really starts to, uh, to come out of the ground and really starts to take off. You know, and then as we start to head into pollination season is really when, when the eyes will be on that weather as well. So on some rallies here, good opportunity to be getting some sales made. And, you know, with making those sales of wanting to possibly buy calls in case we do push higher, opportunities there would be there for us in the market. Um, you know, we step, just taking a step back as, as we come into Thursday's report, we got a balance sheet that still remains uh, extremely tight for for corn and beans. And um, do you see any any changes, anything to look at there? With you know, the report coming in. So normally this was the report isn't a, a, a significant one because most of the time we're waiting for that June 30th report to come yep. out. And this is yep. typically a snoozer. But in any volatile times, USDA reports don't have to be snoozers just because they were before. I think the main thing to keep our eyes on is what will the U or USDA say that that South American uh, production is coming in at as that continues to get harvested. And then also just what our old crop demand is going to look like. Those are the two things that my eyes are going to be heavily focused on. Um, we've seen demand really start to shift specifically in the soybeans on old crop in the U.S. And then as we start to see that South American crop come in there what it takes to buy a bushel of corn when you compare it from the u.s to south america it's still cheaper down there right so right. how will that affect our exports on both corn and beans crush demand is really falling apart as far as that goes the good news that we still have from a demand story is that ethanol margins are still there and that basis is still uh, still keeping up with things Sure. So, you know, uh, world's looking at South America for their for their bean supply at this time. So um, that's why we're seeing the crush margins falling apart here. A little bit that, but also what does that meal demand look like? And, you know, I've talked to hog producers and there's been a lot of diseases that have gone around. And I just don't know if the hogs are out there quite as much as what everybody anticipate, anticipated they were. And so, quite frankly, crush crush facilities are having a hard time getting rid of their meal. And while the soybean oil market is still really stinking strong, the meal market has really fallen apart as far as that goes. And so there's been a lot of weakening from that standpoint from the U.S., but also over in China as well. Sure, sure. Um, as we look forward, of course, we've we've touched on it as weather is, is a, a huge factor in the market. Brings up the June 30th report, and that's where we're going to see USDA prospective planning numbers of, of what got planted. What, what, uh, what's your thought there? Oh, goodness. Uh, my, my 
crystal ball has been broken for quite some time, but I really feel like I really feel like there's going to be more acres this uh, in the corn side of things. Maybe a, a million on the bean side of, side of things added to that, especially as we some guys have to start to replant. Um, obviously, those will naturally go more towards bean than corn. But I mean, basically, the crop came in within a two week or got planted into the ground within a two week period across much of the U S and planting planting conditions for the most part were, were good. They were solid. They were absolutely solid. Now that doesn't mean things haven't changed since then, but at the time that that planting was happening, the ratio of corn to beans, if you were one of those producers that was on the fence of which crop you wanted to plant it, plant, you are leaning heavily towards corn. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Right? And our, our own sweet corn crop was really struggling for a while, and I had to convince my husband not to go out and <laughs> plant it in regular yellow corn because I was on my sweet corn crop, right? So yes. yeah. I think you're, I think we're going to see a lot of that. We saw a lot of acres get tilled or uh, pasture acres get tilled up and put into corn production. So don't be surprised if that if that number changes drastically. This is one of those years that it would naturally do so given what the prices are. Sure. So, you know, if we could see 5 million acres added, could be healthy uh, maybe 4 million in corn, maybe a million in soybeans. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. Possibly. You know, when you see what that does to the balance sheet, especially if demand starts to back off in any any sort of way. And that's what guys need to caution themselves against. Sure. And as we, and while we were all in a very bold up market, and it reasonably so, especially as we look at our, our own yards and they're starting to brown in certain spots, we still have to be cognizant of, okay, if we add four, five million acres to uh, the planted acre sheet, even at a, a slightly lower uh, than the trendline production, it it's drastically changes it. And that's what we got to keep in mind going. So I think really our opportunity is going to be here in the next few weeks if we do have dry spells. Any, and any sort of rain comes after that, we want to make sure that we're managing that accordingly. Sure. So if we can, if we stay dry, that report uh, could bypass the acreage numbers and go straight into weather. Sure. If we still have that weather. Absolutely if, could. you know, are we dry or are we wet during yep. that time frame? So, Absolutely could. You know, That's where you had talked, you had talked about having calls against sales. Right. And that's where that comes in is you're just defending whatever sale, knowing that it's a, a really profitable sale, but we're just in the in the market environment that who knows anything could happen. Right. right. So leaving yourself open and less vulnerable in markets like this is key. And, you know, you talked about calls, but on making a sale and on the other side of that, if you uh, if you've got unsold grain, a good time to be looking at getting put protection to yeah. protect unpriced bushels. So. Absolutely. And you're, I mean, you're down in that Missouri area where, where production isn't near as certain as some other areas in the Corn Belt. And that's the perfect thing, right? Because when you look at what it costs to produce a bushel of corn and you don't have to commit the physical bushel delivery with a put, but you can still allow your, so you have that downside protection 
in case the market does fall apart, you've captured what this market has given you so far. But at the same time, if you don't have that, um, that comfortability with what you're going to grow, you have unlimited upside participation. And at the same point, you don't have to commit those physical bushels until you know you're actually going to have them. Yeah. So it's just, it goes back to that risk management mindset and what is the risk rather than what is my bias. And able to protect uh, a way above your break even, above <gasps> the crop insurance, the spring crop insurance Absolutely. level too. It has been a solid seven years, if I'm counting right, that we, then since we've had this type of an opportunity. So take advantage. Yeah. Um, We made a trip up from Missouri into eastern Iowa here. We're visiting my parents, and uh, my husband's on the tractor ride in eastern Iowa, so he's getting to see some crops. But on the way up, you know, just didn't see that deep green like you'd like to see, and hopefully that that corn crop will come into the nitrogen with maybe a little bit of moisture, but we'll see. But we've talked a lot about weather. on this call here today and what's happening when we talk, when we look at old crop, new crop spreads, you want to touch on that a little bit? Yeah. I'm actually really glad that you brought that up because that's been a huge player. I mean, right now uh, we're recording this a couple of minutes before the markets close and old crop is down both on corn and beans while new crop is actually up. And it, it goes into exactly what we've been talking about. We're in a weather market and one where the weather market is affecting the new crop. And on the same blip, we also talked about the demand for old crop has been weakening a little bit. And so the focus is less on old crop and more on new crop. And that's why you're seeing that spread start to narrow, that inverse start to narrow up to the tune of when I start here looking at July to December corn spreads. And I take a look at that chart. Just, I mean, just Friday, we were sitting at a 90 cent inverse and now we're trading around that 75, 76 cent inverse. So it's, it's narrowed up quite a bit on the corn side. When I flip over to beans and I start looking at July to November, it's taken even a bigger of a hit, right? Back on Friday, we were close. We traded a buck 50 inverse at one point in time. And here right now we're trading at about a buck 20 inverse. So it's narrowed up by 30 cents there. And and I looked at that uh, mid morning, and that was a dollar thirty. So yeah. it's, it's definitely all eyes to be watching on that uh, that spread there. Absolutely. So the one thing to keep in mind is that can also be extremely volatile as well. Right? If you're a spread trader in any sort of sense, um, imagine if we do get into a hot and dry weather uh, weather pattern more so than we already are. It could all of a sudden take a flip turn as well, where physical buyers say, oh boy, we need to get this crop bought because it's not looking good for next year. So all of a sudden they start to buy anything they possibly can, and then they worry about the deferred months later. So that can happen. Just don't be surprised if that starts to look just as wonky as the futures market has. Right. If only we had the crystal ball fixed. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. It'll pay a lot that out. So just managing risk and uh, pricing opportunity and uh, anything else you want to talk about, Kristen? You know, I think we hit hit the nail on the head on a, quite a few different fronts. I guess the, uh, just uh, to hammer it back home again, make sure that you're managing the risk. June, or the month of June and July are always really big volatile months. 
it's, and, and let alone we're in a, a crazy year the way that it is. So okay. make sure you're spending the time looking at what that marketing plan is and assessing what your risk is to the operation and not just what your bias is. It's okay to have a bias, but you also want to make sure that your eyes aren't clouded compared to what you should actually be doing to be a good business manager. So if you need any help with that, please don't be afraid to pick up the phone, give us a call, go to our website, reach out to us, and we'd be happy to do so. Sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for your time, Kristen. And if you, anyone has any questions, our contacts, our information is in the description in this episode. And thanks for listening. And we'll, we'll catch you next time. Take care. <laughs>